Biden mandates vaccines for 80 million Americans. Portland sees an increase in their 911 call wait times, and liberals threaten to go on a sex strike. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. All right, welcome back to the show. I hope everybody had a good weekend here. So we have to obviously talk about what took place over the weekend. This was the 20th anniversary of 9-11, obviously the, with, with the Twin Towers. And most of us are or were alive during that point in time and remember that day. I remember that day, even though I was in fifth grade and fairly young, I remember it uh, to this day as well. But there's a lot of things that are going on that kind of came out of this, this event, this, this memorial, when you have to, you really have to ask yourselves, okay, what, what was happening? What, what was happening over the weekend? What are people's kind of thoughts about this? Because I remember, you know, distinctly years and years ago, everyone rallied around this. Everybody came together with the common goal of understanding that nine 11 was bad, that nine 11 was the worst thing to, to happen to our country in so many years. We all had to look back at that, okay? And and everybody kind of united together. It was the kind of the, the event that caused so many Americans to unite, re- regardless of political beliefs and so many other things. Everybody came together because of this event. But that's not what we're seeing today, because we live in an extremely divided country. Uh, many years have been brought on by people forgetting about it. Uh, years have separated us. We're, we're now seeing you know people that are in college right now that weren't even alive during this period of time. So they were only their only experience with it or knowledge of it is coming from textbooks and maybe something they heard about in school, but it's not coming from actually having experienced it. And we know our education's job is not to educate our students. Their job is to tell them what to think instead of actually telling them how to think. So students at a Washington State High School had a plan to commemorate this 20th anniversary of 9-11 this weekend. They're going to do this by wearing red, white, and blue at a patriotic-themed game. But student officials rejected the plan because the event could, and they said, quote, unintentionally cause offense to some of the people who see it differently. Now, why are they talking about this? Why would some people see this differently? What are they referring to here? So, apparently, uh, Rance, which is a host at the station, said an unnamed staffer at the high school canceled the display at the last minute. A student told the show that he was informed that the red, white, and blue was going to be seen as racially insensitive and may affect people in a way that we will not understand and for the reason that we were to change our theme. and Or for that reason, they decided to actually change the theme there. Now, the thing is that's weird about this is that they're saying, well, we're doing this because of a reason that we don't know. Some reason that we don't understand. Maybe some people will just get offended, but we don't know why. We're just kind of confused. We won't understand why they're really... Uh, unable to, uh, 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 I guess, deal with people that are around them that are wearing red, white, and blue. I- I'm not sure why, but we're going to stop this from happening because it may happen. This is a great unknown, which is kind of weird. I mean, I-, I really think they know exactly what it is. Is because these people clearly are offended by the American flag because they just don't like this country. That's what it is. I mean, it's, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. There, there shouldn't be a situation where you're asking yourselves, I don't really know exactly what uh, what the reasoning is. It's something we'll never understand. No, no, we understand very clearly because this isn't the first time we've encountered this. But one student 
They said in a statement, I know tomorrow is 9-11 and I understand the sacrifice and the values our flag represents, but I think they just did not want to unintentionally cause uh, offense to some who see it differently. Once again, you see this where they're saying they see it differently, see it differently. What this is, is the woke mob basically saying, you know what, we're going to get rid of 9-11, we're going to get rid of any patriotism because some people have been told to be offended by the American flag last year during all the BLM stuff, and they feel like it may be racist, and that this country's racist, and they want to go through all of this stuff. So now, we can't even really remember the date, we can't even pay respects to what the people that died on that day or the service people and the police officers and so many of the people that were helping to save lives that day and put their own lives at risk that day to save these other people's lives. We're going to ignore all of that because somebody thinks that America is a racist country. You know, we're at a point where that's happening right now. Where 9-11 used to be a unifying event and now it's a divisive event like everything else because people just cannot deal with the real world. They cannot do it. And we also know that the reason why they try to do this is because... 9-11 was perpetrated by radical Islamists. We know this already. People were talking about this for the longest period of time. Um, that's why we were in Iraq and all, these, all, all of these other places. But the left doesn't want to look at this. They've actually turned the, the Islamists into the protected class. Now they're considered as one of, their, uh, one of the people on the oppression ladders that they, they usually have. So now they're protected. You can't say anything against them. Meanwhile, by the way, they'll be more than happy if you're a Christian to throw you out to, to the flies. They don't care. They'll let you they'll they'll let you get persecuted. They'll be the ones that actually persecute you as well. But the 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 people that worship with Islam, they're protected by them. So you see this difference all the time. So actually what was taking place is that uh, campus reform was asking a few different students uh, around college campuses, as you know, if you've seen any of their videos before, kind of what they thought about 9-11 and what they think should be taught about it and what shouldn't be taught about it. So one student said that they shouldn't be uh, speaking or teaching about any of the gruesome facts about 9-11 that would keep uh, that would offend people possibly. They need to get rid of that out of the lesson plan. So anything that's considered as gruesome or anything like that, these are college students, by the way. We're not talking about this to third graders. We're talking about college students. They don't want anything gruesome to be talked about. Okay, But there's obviously an underlying message behind all of this. So another student said, avoid talking about the roots in Islam. So there we go. They, they just pretty much put it right there. They don't want people to know who did it. And another person said, uh, basically, to focus on uh, the moving past the event, but not to focus on who actually did it. But who did it is very important. The reasons why they did it are very, very important. But they're just like, oh, we just need to go through healing, but let's ignore why this took place, who did this, that killed all of these people. I don't think these people would be making these statements if they had a family member that was affected by this or something like that. I, I'm pretty positive that wouldn't be happening. But as a result, you have these student, these, uh, I mean, they're in college, but they obviously weren't even alive during that period of time. And the school system has effectively failed. They've already kind of done that, where they haven't really given them all the details about what actually took place, uh, what the, the reality of what took place. And, and that's what they're doing. They're actually advocating for a censored education an education that tells people what they kind of want to hear, but doesn't give them all of the details. And then we wonder why our youth are so uneducated, so ignorant to what's going on in the world, uh, our history. Once again, if you don't learn history properly, what happens? It's bound to repeat itself because our youth and our, our future generations are so ill-equipped to deal with the reality that is around this world right now because they're too busy trying to play the woke game, the the safe uh, the, the safe kind of don't offend anybody game. You can't keep doing that 
forever. It just doesn't work that way at all. I mean, and of course you had Biden uh, that was at this 9-11 memorial, despite the fact that you had actually several parents that were saying, I don't want to see his face that day because of the, the way this guy messed up in Afghanistan, the fact that he was basically a part of the people making it worse in Afghanistan, even when he was vice president, they didn't want to see him. Okay. But obviously he showed up anyways. And we remember when he was uh, at the memorial for the soldiers that died in Afghanistan, which was also Biden's fault. Um, he was checking his watch. We saw the clip. I showed it on the show. And now we actually have a picture of him where he is uh, basically uh, yelling with his mask down. So he's got his mouth open. He's yelling. Or I guess he was shouting at somebody in, in the crowd or something like that. But he pulls his mask down to do that. Meanwhile, everyone around him still has the mask on. How does that work? I'm confused about that. I mean, please, somebody tell me exactly how that's supposed to work where the mask mandates don't apply to him because Joe Biden doesn't even follow his own rules. This isn't the first time. But speaking of the rules from Joe Biden, he's mandating a vaccine now for every private company in the United States, over 100 employees. How many people is that going to affect? So over 80 million people. 80 million Americans right now are probably, or if they're not willing to get the vaccine in some, to some capacity, are going to get fired or are going to be forced to get the vaccine to continue to be employed right now. If you're looking for an authoritarian government, this is it right here. I don't want to hear anything about people saying that Trump's the dictator. Trump's not the dictator right now. What we're basing this off of, even though Biden doesn't act like a dictator, what he's doing, this is what it is. This policy is that way. Don't let the, the rambling old guy confuse you or, or kind of throw you off your game here. What it is is really the fact that he is trying to make sure everybody is controlled and told exactly what they must do, that companies are forced and strong-armed into doing certain things because that's what Biden does. That's what Democrats do. This is all about them here. So let's go through a little bit about what's going on here. So like I said, yeah, more than employee, uh, more than 100 employees. If, if any company that's out there that has more than that, you're going to be required to have your employees get the vaccine. If they don't get it, you have to fire them. And if you don't comply as a company, then you get fined. Okay, so that's what they're trying to do right now. By the way, you're going to see a ton of lawsuits popping up about this because it is completely unconstitutional entirely. You can't just mandate stuff. He couldn't mandate this before. I mean, people were talking about this last year. You can't just mandate something because you feel like it. It's not how it works. It doesn't change it whether it's a mask and it doesn't change it whether it's a vaccine. It doesn't matter. So, along with the approximately 80 million um, Americans employed by businesses with 100 or more employees, Biden is requiring the remaining 17 million healthcare workers employed in facilities that receive federal Medicare or Medicaid also to be vaccinated as well. Now, keep in mind, they actually put on here, we require them to be fully vaccinated. That's an important point, because I posted about this on Gab, but there's not really a such thing as being fully vaccinated. Think about it for a second. Right now, the vaccines aren't necessarily all that effective when we look at the actual numbers there. But let's also take it a step further here. What does it mean to be fully vaccinated right now when they're already talking about booster shots? Keep it, remember, the, the, the normal vaccine can't possibly be all that or 100% effective, for example, if they're already requiring booster shots. So you're going to continue to get booster shots. And then after that booster shot, it's going to be proven to not be all that effective. Then you'll get another booster shot and then another booster shot. And it, it just keeps going, right? So you're never going to be fully vaccinated. Or at least maybe it's a short-term status because it doesn't mean anything. 
Remember, they're not mandating the booster shots right now. They're mandating the vaccine that's already proven to not be as effective as they thought it was. Not as much as we were promised, at least, right? We have to look at what they told us. So that's the real goal here. But now, if you remember from way back last year, I know it seems like forever ago, we started at 15 days to slow the spread. And a year later, more than a year later, we're now at 15 days to find another job or to put in your two weeks notice because that's exactly what's going on right now. And, and we have to look at this. It's ignoring actual science. It's ignoring the fact that antibodies have been proven time and time again to be more effective at uh, preventing you from getting COVID than the vaccine itself. I don't care who you are, what you're looking at, doesn't matter. That is a fact if you've already had it. If you want to prevent yourself from getting it, lower your chances, sure. But the point is, is that you're still mandating something that's not exactly all that effective. We know this. Well, all we have to do is just look at the numbers that I've already reported on on this show. Um, and Ron DeSantis talks about this as well in this clip. You know, Governor, the president had a lot to say yesterday, and he didn't say your name, but obviously was referring to you. What did you have to say to him back when it came to about the mask mandates? Well, I would just say generally, when you're taking action that's unconstitutional, that threatens the jobs uh, of the people in my state, uh, many, many thousands of jobs, uh, I'm standing for them. We're going to protect their jobs against federal overreach. And this is a guy who criticizes the state of Florida for protecting parents' rights. He says school boards should be able to eliminate parents' rights and force five-year-old kids to wear masks all day. That's what he thinks is appropriate government. Yet, here he comes from Washington, D.C., instituting an unprecedented mandate, which even his own people have acknowledged in the past is not constitutional. That's not leadership. And I think the problem I have with Joe Biden more than anything, this guy doesn't take responsibility for anything. He's always trying to blame other people, blame other states. This is a guy that promised when he ran for president that he would shut down the virus. If you look now, there's 300% more cases in this country today than a year ago when we had no vaccines at all. So his policies are not working. He's doubling down on things that are gonna be very destructive for the livelihoods of many, many Americans and obviously gonna be destructive uh, to our constitutional system and the rule of law. And so these are times uh, when you believe in that constitution, uh, you gotta stand up. And obviously the substantive issue is important because there, there are places that are gonna toss aside people who've worked, they've worked this whole time throughout COVID. Now all of a sudden they should be tossed aside. They were working when nobody had vaccine. You don't know their history. You don't know why they're making decisions that they're making. Many of these people have already recovered and they have immunity. The idea that somehow uh, you have somebody that gets a Johnson and Johnson, they can work, but someone that's got natural immunity somehow can't, that natural immunity is strong. So it's not based on science. And you can say he's saying he's losing patience with people. You know, at the end of the day, we don't live um, with a one person rule in this country. We live in a constitutional system which people's rights are respected, but particularly in this juncture, their livelihoods and their jobs have to be protected. I mean, just think about, you know, what this mandate would do. It's gonna drive people out of work, out of hospitals, out of all this stuff where you have a need for people. So it's totally counterproductive and I think it'll ultimately lose in court, but be in, be before that, you know, there needs to be action taken uh, to protect the people of our state and hopefully of the entire United States. Nobody should lose their job based on this decision.
And of course, he's 100% correct on this as well. But there's a lot of different glaring issues with this entire mandate. One of the big ones I talked about is that this doesn't actually apply to members of Congress and their staff. So meanwhile, private companies, over 100 employees, you're required to get the vaccine for all of your employees or you fire them or you uh, suffer the fines for not doing it. But if you're in Congress or if you are staffed to any of those people, by the way, that are in Congress, then you don't have to take it. It's not required for you for some reason. Please, somebody tell me how this makes any sense. This is going to kill the job market. It's going to kill businesses. It's going to destroy a lot of stuff. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of places are going to start pushing back on this. They already are. Remember, we have to keep our freedoms here. I don't care what you feel about the vaccine. It doesn't matter whether you like it, whether you don't like it. It doesn't matter. We have to keep our freedoms. This is a free country. Once we lose it, it's going to be very difficult to get it back. It's going to be very difficult. We have to think much bigger than the short term, and we have to think much bigger than this virus. It goes so much further than that. But the other big glaring issue, in addition to this, is the open border that the, the open border that we've had this entire time. Okay, the second that Biden got in, he pretty much unleashed the wave at the border, and it has not slowed down. It has not stopped. Right now, to this day, we still have a bunch of illegal immigrants coming into this country that are COVID positive. And nobody cares to do anything about that. You know why? One of the biggest reasons why I don't trust the CDC is simply because they never offered a recommendation to say, hey, guys, maybe we should lower the immigration at the border. Maybe we should close the southern border for right now. They've got all of these restrictions for you, the American citizen, this supposedly free citizen. They have all of these restrictions for you. But the southern border? Oh, you can forget that. Those guys can do whatever they want. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, I'm not going to buy it from the guys that won't even clamp down on that. They're, they're not in the business of telling you the truth. If they were, we'd see some consistency across the board. But that's not what we're seeing. But we're supposed to trust the CDC. Everything that they say. We're supposed to take everything that they're telling us at face value. Yeah, I, I don't understand why anybody's ignoring this. If Biden ever cared, I mean, just for a split second, if he ever cared about the health and well-being of Americans, he would have closed the border. It's common sense. But for some reason, we're just going to go ahead and ignore that because, oh, well, I mean, right, it's it's right in line with what Democrats want, isn't it? I mean, this, this shouldn't be allowed whatsoever. And don't pretend like they don't know this. Here's Jen Psaki actually basically agreeing to it requirement for people at a business with more than 100 people and it's not a requirement for migrants at the southern border why that's correct go ahead yeah, um, we know that with enforcement employers who refuse to implement the vaccine rules so what she just basically caves in on that one i guess but here's the report here's what's happening right now so roughly 30 percent of immigrants held at the federal detention facilities are refusing to be vaccinated an option permitted them and then um according to the recent data more than 18 percent of migrant families who recently crossed the border tested positive for covid before being released by border patrol while around 20 percent of unaccompanied minors have also tested positive for covid as well so this is an ongoing problem that this administration and every Democrat, by the way, is ignoring or just going along with it and saying, yeah, pretty much, yeah, we're hypocrites. Who cares? And we're supposed to allow this to take place. We're supposed to pretend like these vaccine mandates really matter. 
or that we're supposed to follow them? Why is it that we're getting treated the worst out of this deal? While immigrants get to do whatever they want because they're a protected class by the Democrats. That isn't consistent. It's not remaining consistent across the board whatsoever. So this vaccine passport, which is really what this is going to be about, where they tell you at work that you must have it to get a job or to maintain your level of employment. What they're basically telling you is that, hey, this is required now. And it's going to basically be like a uh, social credit system like we see in China, where basically everything runs through this. How how you get into places, how you are perceived, even if you want to do something as much as buying a car, is run through this this passport uh, determining wh- how vaccinated you are, how often you get the vaccinations, if you didn't get any at all. And, and that's going to be what's probably going to be determined and what you can do just in very basic things. Right now, it's work just at a normal job. Soon it'll be every company. Soon it'll be something as simple as buying a house by or, or doing anything. Showing up to a movie theater, going to a restaurant, you name it. We've been talking about this for the longest period of time, but don't think that this is just going to go away automatically out of nowhere. That's not what's going to happen. This is going to hurt companies, especially the small ones. Especially those. Because they're going to be the ones that are going to suffer the consequences the most. Either with shortages or having to pay the fines to deal with it. It's, it's just going to be an absolute massive issue. Clearly, Joe Biden doesn't care about jobs either, does he? Because he's just strong-arming people. It's, it's not like we're in an economy right now where we have all of these uh, people that are looking for jobs and not enough jobs, right? That's not what's happening right now. What we have right now is an overabundance, surprisingly, of jobs and people that are just not willing to work, mainly because the government's still shipping them the extra amount of money for the uh, for for the COVID relief bill that was signed earlier, so since they're getting more unemployment, a lot of people are just sitting tight on it. They don't care. It's it's fine. That that three hundred dollar increase a week, they're fine just sitting on it and waiting forever. So they're not working a job whatsoever, and a lot of other people aren't working jobs right now. And all you're doing is further straining the system. I mean, there was actually a report showing that one in three nurses are probably and, and hospital staff are probably going to actually uh, walk off the job as a result of these vaccine mandates. And you've heard nothing from Democrats, nothing from Biden saying that, hey, maybe we should just hold off on this so that we can make sure that people can at least get treated for this thing. But are they actually asking themselves that question? I don't know. And you have this doctor, Leanna uh, Wynn. I've actually played clips of her before. Pretty much a full-blown communist, basically, at this point. Uh, comparing being unvaccinated to drunk driving. Need to start looking at the choice to remain unvaccinated the same as we look at driving while intoxicated. That you have the option to not get vaccinated if you want, but then you can't go out in public. Because when you go out in public, you have the potential of infecting other people with a potentially deadly disease. Just like you can choose to drink in private if you want, but if you get behind the wheel of a car and can endanger other people, there is an obligation by society to prevent you from doing that. So I, I think the what President Biden did today is exactly right to say that the vaccinated should not have to pay the price for the so-called choices of the unvaccinated anymore. Although to your point, Chris, I definitely um, wished that he had also announced some type of proof of vaccination because at this point we have this flimsy piece of paper that's so easy to counterfeit and I, I mean we don't allow this to board an airplane right you don't go to the TSA right. checkpoint and say I am who I say I am here's a piece of paper right. where I wrote my name some I mean states, we have though, ID for this reason and some states are doing reason. it right New York is doing it but you're right we need a national system for these kinds of policies to take hold I have one more 
except she's wrong because people actually can drive while intoxicated. It just has to be below the legal limit. There's a reason why it's a legal limit, right? Because they're saying, hey, look, you know, as long as you're below this, uh, you're not really at a danger to anybody really on the road at all. And you can't be held responsible for that situation or whatever, at least if it, of it being from alcohol. But there's obviously a limit you can go beyond. But so she's entirely misrepresenting that that argument to uh, assume as if just because you've had any amount of alcohol whatsoever that automatically you're considered as drunk driving. Well, that's actually not the truth um, at all, based off of what the law says. Um, the thing that she also says in there, which is a very weird statement, is that the vaccinated should not have to pay the price for the choices of the unvaccinated. Let me read that again so you understand and kind of kind of wrap your head around what she's saying here. The vaccinated should not have to pay the price for the choices of the unvaccinated. So really what's going on here is that they are devaluing what this vaccine can do. Now, they're saying this stuff today, but if you're wondering where they were before, all you have to do is just go back a few months because when the vaccines were out, they told us that it is effective, that you will no longer have to social distance, you will no longer have to wear a mask, that we will no longer have to lock down, that all of these things would go away once you had the vaccine because it was going to work the way it was intended. By getting rid of it, it had a really high effective rating and that nobody would ever be hospitalized, you wouldn't be able to catch COVID, you wouldn't be able to transmit COVID. All of those things turned out to be an entire lie. Every single one of them. And now what they're doing is that they're not claiming that same stuff from last or from earlier this year. They're making a new claim by basically saying, well, it's the unvaccinated's fault that our vaccine isn't working as well as we thought. So they're kind of in that process, basically devaluing the effectiveness of their own vaccine by basically saying, well, yeah, it works, but it, it just doesn't work around unvaccinated people. What? what? So, sorry, wait, what vaccine doesn't work around people that are unvaccinated? Name one. Name one. I'm waiting for it. They won't do it. They won't do it because it's a lie. Everything that they're talking about is a lie. They're changing the goalpost now. They started at saying it was a 100% effective. Then it said, well, you know, it's, you know, it's possible that you might get COVID. But, you know, if you do get it, well, you just aren't at a, as high of a risk of being hospitalized. Now they're basically saying, you know what, like, who knows what's going to happen to you. But if you want someone to blame, blame those unvaccinated people. If only every single person in the United States was vaccinated, we'd be okay. Meanwhile, hey, Southern Border, you forgot about that one. Because those people are coming in right now, positive with COVID, refusing to do the vaccine, and you're letting them right into the country because you're too busy trying to be woke with the open border. Congratulations. Is this really where you want it to be right now? It's the hypocrisy, guys. That's really what this is about. Mass non-compliance is the only way to move forward out of this. What we need to see are companies stepping up every step of the way. I don't care who they are. Yeah, you're going to have Amazon, Walmart, big companies. They're going to do that. They're going to go along with this stuff because, you know, they're, they're, that's what they can do. They can afford to take these hits. doesn't really matter. But these other smaller companies that are the, the kind of the lifeline of this country need to step up and say, no, we're not doing it. File lawsuits. Get rid of this stuff. Mass non-compliance. They can't hurt everybody. They, they can't come after every single company in the United States. They don't know who they're up against. They're up against the citizens of the United States. That's what this is about. We have to come together to do something about this and say, you know what? We're defying these mandates as a company. We're not going to require this to happen. If they want to get it, great. If they don't, great. It doesn't matter. We as a company are going to remain free, allow our employees to have a choice to do what they want to do. That's what this should be about. And until that happens, more of this is expected. But it stops 
It needs to stop here. It should have stopped a long time ago, but it really needs to stop here where companies need to just put their, draw the line in the sand. Now it's over. No more. Like we're not doing this. And there's nothing else that Biden can actually do because it's already unconstitutional anyways, but make it known that it's unconstitutional by simply just not complying. That's the only way that we will ever get out of this tyranny. And now three in 10 small businesses are actually transitioning to automated jobs as a result of this. There's a massive worker shortage, and what Biden is doing is only making that worse. That's what's going on right now. You have nurses that I've talked about that are walking off the job, uh, one in three hospital workers leaving. And so this recent poll reveals that three in 10 small businesses are leveraging technology to deal with worker shortages. A morning consultant survey determined that rather than returning to work, at least 1.8 million Americans have rejected job offers to continue collecting the 300 per week handouts. That's what's happening right now. You still have them funding the people to not work. Many people are perfectly fine with those extra $300 right there. They're perfectly fine with unemployment. So they're just sitting on it. They're not deciding to work at all. And there's no incentive to work, especially if they're against the vaccine or something like that. They have no reason to go in there at all. So you have this overabundance of jobs as it is. And these companies are switching to automation. When you switch to automation, the issue is there's a very good chance that those jobs are not going to go back to being filled by actual people anymore. They're going to probably uh, stay automated because it saves money over time. They know they don't have to worry about it. So that's what's happening right now. Rest assured, these ramifications go far beyond just the shortage of workers in the marketplace. It's the the companies adapting to that situation. And what you're going to see right now is that once these jobs are gone, they're never coming back. And it's all because, once again, the Biden administration was not looking this far into the future. They weren't thinking about this. They're too busy trying to push a vaccine instead of actually looking at the ramifications for doing so. That's really where the differences take place. In a bit of a different story, uh, Portland residents are now actually facing issues dealing with 911 call times. And so this is something that was uh, just kind of came up and it kind of stuck out to me because I used to be a 911 call operator. So seeing this uh, kind of speaks to a lot of what's going on right now in some of these Democrat cities. So people are calling 911 uh, to report on September 4th. There was the shooting that was happening in, the, in a Pearl District restaurant. And it actually had people waiting on the phone for more than seven and a half minutes before a dispatcher answers. So not seven and a half minutes to get the police out there. Seven and a half minutes for somebody to answer your call and say, this is 911, right? Everything else was sitting on hold. Uh, so the hold times were are extremely lengthy compared to the national average, which is 15, 20 seconds um, for 911 calls because typically you want them to be you know pretty quick. Uh, but that's not what's happening there. So an official from the Portland's Bureau of Emergency Communications called the situation horrible and broken and said the agency's own statistics show an average hold time of a minute. So already you're talking about a minute on a normal thing. If there's actually something else happening or it's just busy a particular night or portion of the day, then you're talking about significantly more time than that. But hey, you know what? Let's take away their guns. That's what we're being told by the Democrats, right? They want to get rid of the guns. Meanwhile, leaving you basically defenseless entirely because you can't even rely on 911 or somebody even picking up the phone. And, and this should, this is kind of weird. This is, a lot of it is because of the fact that there's, there's just an overabundance of people doing this. But a lot of this is because people are walking off the job, as we've talked about just recently. People are leaving the job. They have no reason to be there. Many people are getting paid not to be there. They're not paying 911 employees that much. Trust me, they don't pay enough at all to do that job. They don't pay police enough. So them talking about defunding the police, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Not just the police, but the entire department, basically. People are walking off. They don't have enough staff there to handle the influx of calls. And as a result, this is what happens. 
And then you have the Democrats having the audacity to basically tell you that, you know, they don't want you to have guns at all to even remotely protect yourself. If you don't see what they're doing, it should be pretty obvious by now. So the thing is, is that they, you know, the Democrats also were pushing for the community to fix the problem. They were the ones telling you that we'll have a community solution to 911 and, and these police officers. So we'll get rid of the police, we'll defund them, and we'll rely on the people in the community to to do the right thing. Because that's exactly what the problem is there, right? <laughs> of course it's not. They, they ought to know this. I think a lot of them really do. But the city's emergency communications department is also struggling to keep staff, uh, dozens of retirements, resignations as well over the past several months. So definitely something that people need to be paying attention to because this will continue to get worse. There's so many aspects of the job market that are changing right now as a result of these vaccines and, and so many other things. So as a result, this isn't the only thing, not just with vaccines, but we also have to look very closely at what was happening in Texas just a couple of weeks ago with the abortion man, at least for the heartbeat bill that was implemented there. So liberals basically freaked out about this in many different ways. But I think probably one of the funniest ones that actually took place was liberals threatening to go on a sex strike. So check this out here. Ban abortions? Okay, cool. We're not having sex. Women are fine with this. No sex. Cool. That means no babies. Even better. If I were a Texan, I would do a uh, sex strike. I think that women should join together and uh, say, go f*** yourself um, and see what happens. So Texas banned abortion, which means that I am not sleeping with my partner and you shouldn't be sleeping with your uh, male identifying partner until they overturn it. We are on strike. Quit sex. Don't have no more sex. Unless you are in a relationship and you're happy in it. If you are single, sleep with men and or with a man that you know cheats on you and makes you miserable, get you a vibrator, invest in some erotica, you know, just retire the cat for a couple months. We're tired of being unappreciated, undervalued, not respected, and not given bodily autonomy. We are going on strike. Sex strike, work strike, we're boycotting everything. The thing that none of these liberals ever seem to understand is that they're only self-owning themselves. I mean, that's really what's happening here. So first of all, it's, you know, the, if they're refusing to have sex, that is literally solving the problem of abortions. I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's kind of a answer to our, our, our wishes, right? I mean, this is what we want people to do. We've been saying this for years when dealing with the abortion argument is, hey, guys, just stop having sex. Stop doing these things out of wedlock uh, in, a, in a manner when you know you're not ready for a child. Stop doing it. And now they're basically telling us we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to just stop doing that entirely because we're going on strike is what they're at least looking at it as being. But if they do this, abortions won't even be possible because they won't be even getting pregnant in the first place. So the end result is basically the same. And I'm all for it because I think it probably is for their best interest for them to literally just stop doing that, to stop pretending as if they have to somehow do this. And, and really what this is that they get, they played themselves. That's what's happening. So congrats, guys. I mean, this is exactly what you wanted, right? I mean, this is this is the liberal fantasy at, at work right now, right? At least that's the way they think that's actually what's going on. But notice how they try to spin this as if for some reason 
these liberals have to be doing this. Like they have to be having sex. Like they, they almost are obligated to make these bad decisions as if they have no control over themselves whatsoever. It just is crazy when you really look at all this. You have choice in your life. And, and what they're exercising here is pointing that out. You know, they, before they were pretending as if these abortions are essential. We must have them. And it's like, maybe you should just do something better with your life. Maybe you should, you know, re-evaluate uh, what it is you should doing so you're not putting yourself in that situation. But they don't want to hear that. They just pretend as if it's a, it's inevitable. It's they're gonna wind up having uh, or getting pregnant several times and having to get rid of the, the child. And it's just, it's crazy what they're really trying to play themselves or how they're working this through in their minds. But they're trying so hard in this situation to be so woke that they just play themselves, and it's absolutely hilarious to be honest with you. So last but not least, this episode's TikTok liberal claims to be gender floret. I, I've never heard of this one. Here's them trying to explain it. Hey everyone, my name is Bunny. I use fun pronouns. So continuing on the video talking about the gender fey uh, identities, there's one called gender florette. So gender florette and gender fey are pretty similar, uh, where gender fey is uh, gender fluid between uh, agender identities and female. Gender florette is gender fluid amongst different agender neutroids um, identities with some feelings of femininity that can come in every now and then, but never fully identifying as female. That's uh, what I've got for gender floret. Thank you, everyone. Bye. All right, so they're honestly just making stuff up for social media content at this point. I'm convinced of this. I don't know if anybody else is, but it just seems to me like they have to come up with something new because it just isn't enough. It's it's not enough to just be the the normal LGBTQ. I mean, this is maybe this is where they all the pluses are. I guess I don't know. They're just adding these things, but now I'm I'm lost. I'm entirely lost because they're they're melding these things together and they're saying, well, these if these two are together, then it's this name, and then if it's these two together, it's that name, and if you go by three of these, then it's that name, and then the combination of those three together combines with this name it's it's like i, I wish somebody would just kind of create a diagram uh, like a tree of all of the ridiculous ways this branches off to just irrelevancy like like i said it's getting so specific that it's almost turning into like a weird individualism that they think makes them special they're looking for something that makes them special but none of these things do that at all it's superficial it's skin deep it means nothing but for some reason they think this defines them in every way and you notice that also sounds like these people, every time I hear them, it sounds like they're a three-year-old trying to make up the rules to a game that nobody has ever even heard of because nobody cares to learn it. I don't want to learn it. Nobody else cares to learn this stuff, but they're just trying to change everything that's happening right now. And if you mess it up, you're a bigot. You're the worst person on earth. You called them something the wrong way. I, I don't get it. This is pure gibberish. I mean, I mean nothing in that video makes any sense at all. I, if you can understand it, let me know, but I am struggling on this one harder than any of the other ones because it really it's just gotten to that point where nothing makes sense like it really just doesn't make sense i don't even think this would make sense to most of the democrats that even remotely support this kind of stuff it's just gone off the rails because they never put a limit on things they can't do it at some point they just had to give up and put plus and this is what you get when you do that some guy calling himself bunny and speaking in that ridiculous voice with all of his hair pretty much falling, falling out like he's balding. I, I don't get it. I really don't. If you're wondering what the real pandemic is, this is it. This is it. 
because this is what we need a vaccine for right now. We, we need a vaccine for that. And, and really what that is, is people just speaking the truth about what's going on. Common sense, God, all of that. But this is the real pandemic that's plaguing society. And I hope it stops spreading. But if anything, it's only going to get worse, especially when we look at the just terrible places like TikTok that exist. But with that being said, that's all I have for you on this episode. I thank you for watching or listening to this one. Make sure that you remember to leave a review if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts as well, as it does help the show out also. But I thank you for watching and I'll see you on the next one.